This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. We are back once again with the Styrian Grand Prix review and the Austrian Grand Prix preview. It's a triple header weekend, so let's give you two for the price of one in your podcast. I am Alistair Russell and I'm joined by Matthew Henderson. Good evening. Hello, hello. Hello, indeed. It is fair to say it wasn't the most exciting race we've seen this season, was it? No, it wasn't, but I think, I can't remember who said it, somebody on the me- in the media or on YouTube said that we've been absolutely spoilt for races this year, that if this was on a normal year, we'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry, right? Um, but this year, this the calibre of races this year, this a race like this is pretty rubbish, whereas normally it would be just alright. So I think that just shows how good this season is. That's true. We yeah. seen, we're in a season where both Spain and France have delivered exciting races. I think that tells you all you need to know. It tells you it? all you need to know from that as well. So let's get straight into that and said, who was our driver of the day in Styria? Um... Probably has to be. I want to say Verstappen, but I feel like that's just the boring choice that I always go with. Um, I'm just trying to think who had a good race. Um, I mean, it's hardly unfair to give him that Verstappen. No, it's it's not unfair. Driver of the day, he had a spectacular race. Kimi Raikkonen. Kimi Raikkonen had a good race. P18 to P11. I'm just looking on the the, uh, on the results. Um, yeah, I feel. It's hard to say the the two Ferraris did half decent. Um, Charles Leclerc, well, he had a bit of a ding dong into turn one, but then managed to pull off a good recovery drive. But then, I don't know. I feel like that that incident wasn't investigated, and I feel like it should have been investigated or at least noted and looked at. Just... I agree. I think it should have been looked at because, but then again, it's lap one and it's jockeying for position on the run-up to the second breaking zone. So, it kind of is a racing incident, but at the same time, it was really Charles's fault, and it did yeah. end someone's race, so I guess it's kind of worthy of a penalty at that point. Yeah, because it was kind of like a, a, a snowball effect. He hit Gasly, Gasly got a puncture and went into, I think it was Giovinazzi, and yeah, I feel like, I mean, it is worth saying to everybody, Alistair is a Ferrari fan, so of course he would say that. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, if we were looking at the same thing with Lando Norris, I would have said the exact same thing. So, all said and done. They're given, they give leeway for lap yes, one. Yes, they do. They do. Which I think, but then again, I do think at that point, th- leeway goes a bit too far because it literally ended one person's race. I feel and like even... Latifi's race was over pretty much before it started as well yeah. as, as a result. I would have been okay with the fact that if they looked at it, determined that it was a, and then just determined it was a racing incident, that would have been absolutely fine by me because, yeah, I just feel like it's more Michael Massey just being a bit of a tool. I don't know. He's, Mike, he's Michael just, Massey in the FI haven't got every decision right no. recently, and it is a worrying trend that we are beginning to see. Well, which was, maybe it Imola, was it was it Imola last year? He basically allowed, um lapped cars to unlap themselves under the safety car while Marshalls was still on track and yes 
he's a bit slow in deploying the safety car sometimes. I mean, you can't fault them. When Grosjean had this crash last year, the red flag was out immediately. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got, he, he does a good job most of the time. It's just some of the times you you look at his conduct and you're like, hmm, just a little bit negligent and dodgy and I don't know. It's just, mm. I don't like him. Getting back to the topic of driver of the day, I'm going to give my driver of the day as a sympathy vote. I'm going to say George Russell. <laughs> Start, yeah. Started 10th, was running 8th before the car had a problem and he had to retire. And he was running a solid 8th on a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was quite. It was interesting because he started, technically started 11th, qualified 11th. So for a midfield car, that's probably the best position because you're right, up, right next to the top 10, free choice of tyre. Um, and I think... It was uh, Sonoda ahead of him that got a penalty, so he's he started, um, started higher up, and yeah, he just he was in, on eight for merit as well. It wasn't like a, a pit stop strategy or, luck or whatever. He was he was on there in merit, and there was a a DRS train behind him, and it wasn't him leading. It was Alonso leading, so he had a gap to Alonso, that was genuine and it was there, and then his car was just like, nah, mate, you're not getting any points. It was, that was a that was a sad moment. Um, of course, we know who is to blame for that because if you were listening to last week's podcast, you will recall Mister Taylor Murray saying George Russell will finish eighth or above. So if we're really looking at who's cursed George Russell, it was Taylor. Blame Taylor. Yeah, I feel I feel, I feel like Taylor needs to be held accountable. Um, <laughs> I agree. I feel like next time he's on the podcast, next, we need to absolutely we'll, grill him. We'll bully him a little bit for it next time we have him on. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about some of the other drivers that had a good or bad weekend. I think we'll start with Valtteri Bottas, who claimed that it was tactics from rival teams that got him a penalty when he span in the pit mm. lane and nearly took yeah. out McLaren. Yeah, that's not that's not tactics. He like you, you look at the, the pictures. If he spun five meters, earlier he would have been in. He would have been. He would have mowed down McLaren mechanics and not just one or two, basically their whole pit crew, and yeah, Zach Brown's leaning on the edge of the pit wall. Yeah, it's it's not a. I I don't think it's an unfair penalty because it's a safety thing. It's not like he's being penalised for something, that's not safety related. He did something dangerous. He needs punished. That is the end of the. I mean, I was just criticising Michael Massey, but I feel like that punishment was justified. That was a justified punishment. And Valtteri back on the podium for the first time since Spain, which was quite a long time ago now. That was, in fact, nearly two months without Valtteri being on the podium. Uh, Not always his fault. Team tactics and inabilities to remove tyres seem to have played its part there another driver who had a bit of an iffy weekend again was Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, that was that. He maintains that he could have finished sixth, um, had he not had problems, and I believe him. There, thereabouts, top ten points finish easily, but his engine he had problems. He lost four positions in one lap, and they managed to fix the problem. 
But by that point, he was at the back of a DRS train, just couldn't overtake, and that, that was it. Um, it was just pure dumb luck. And I feel really sorry for the guy, because he actually drove quite well all weekend. He did. He had a relatively decent weekend. Bit of an iffy one in qualifying again as well. But progress has been made from Danny Rick. So I'll move that on nicely to who was our team of the day? Um, I think it just has to be Red Bull again. They, managed, they had such a decisive lead on Mercedes. Um, yeah, Sergio Perez nearly got third. They... They just did everything right with the strategy. They didn't make any good mistake, big mistakes. Sorry, they had a fast car. It's not any more that they could have done really, um, other than finish one two. But they finished one four, which is probably the next best thing. Well, one of the next best things, anyways. Um, yeah, just an all round good show from Red Bull. It was. I would agree with you. I mean, take away the twenty five seconds for the pit stop that Lewis Hamilton made to get fast lap towards the end of the race and you've got a 15 or 16 second gap which leads us nicely into our Austria preview because we are of course at the same track 15 or 16 second gap that Mercedes had to Red Bull at the end of that race do we really think they're going to have been able to close that gap even slightly in the last four days? Honestly I don't know I mean the tyres might play a a role, um, they're obviously trying, they're going a compound uh, softer, I believe. Um, yeah, that might have played play a role, but honestly, it's hard to say. Um, I doubt it, but it's always been a strong Red Bull track anyway. Verstappen won in 2018 during the era of pure Mercedes dominance, so it's clearly a track that suits their cars. That is very true to m- of course, Mercedes, it looks like that's four races on the bounce now that Red Bull have won, which, and it's the first time since 2019 that Lewis Hamilton has gone four races without a win. And it's the first time Red Bull have had back-to-back pole positions as well since 2013. It's looking good, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's looking like it's going to go down to the wire, which I'd very much like to see. Um, I think I, I said before the season, before we did this podcast, that I honestly don't give two shits if Mercedes win and Verstappen wins another title, as long as it's close. And it's certainly looking like it's going to be close. Maybe even Red Bull will edge it. But, um, yeah, it's we're definitely in for a good season. We are, we are in for a good season. It has been a good season. This weekend, the tyres are one step softer and we are at the softest edge of the Pirelli range. Whether that will bring us a two-stop or something different to just a normal one-stop strategy, we don't yet know, but it would be good to see something different. And it's not the only tyre thing that is being happening this weekend, as Pirelli are to trial a new construction of tyre in FP1 and FP2 with apparently strengthened sidewalls, which there was nothing wrong with before, because they didn't cause any of the crashes we saw in Baku. Mm. Uh, if the tyres work, they will be introduced immediately at uh, the next race in Silverstone. So what do we make of that? That's certainly an interesting development in Pirelli's nothing to see here, no problems whatsoever <laughs> with the tyres saga. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's been... I feel like they 
I've realised, oh, maybe, maybe we were, the, our, our, our tyres were to blame for the Baku incidents, but we're not going to tell anybody, we're just going to make some very subtle changes, all nod, nod, wink, wink. Um, yeah, I feel like they've realised that potentially the tyres um, could have caused the accidents. Um, I don't think they're admitting to themselves that they believe that, but I feel like that's what's going on, and they've just decided to go, you know what, we'll, uh, we'll strengthen the tyres. Mm. Now, there's also, in the next few weeks, F1 is going to be trialling its stunt qualifying format at Silverstone. Now, I read an interesting thread yesterday on social media, which I am currently trying to find. Hence the stalling. I'm very much stalling, I'm trying to find it. But it was an interesting thread, and it said... It said many things. It was an interesting thread. You're, you're of course, you're going to be there witnessing the new yes, sprint. Yes, indeed. The sprint qualifying From a club corner. From club. The last corner. Oh. No, no, I know. Very That's nice. Quite, like, nice view of the pit entry. Got my uh, got my nice SLR camera all all looked out. So you're going, you're going to be providing energy sports with <laughs> lots of stock images, lots of pictures for the next few years. I cannot yeah. find this thread, but it's the thread essentially said. Get the rhyming slang out already. I know, you're, you're get, really rhyming. Get you're the rhyming. Friend. The thread said... <laughs> the, thread which we, the thread which we'll call Fred essentially said... <laughs> <laughs> and, did you, and, and you read... <laughs> the thread which I read, which we'll call Fred, said... Aston Martin, <laughs> McLaren and Alpine oh God, have said yeah. they might not run in practice on Friday because oh, the no, cars no, no. go into Park Fermi at qualifying, and of course the normal three-part qualifying session runs on the Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The cars go into Park Fermi then. They normally change their clutches and preserve their clutches and make changes to their clutches after practice so that they're fresh for the race and qualifying. And if the cars are in Park Fermi after FP1, they're not going to be able to do that. And they've said that they will sit out if no solution has been found. However, there has apparently, and not this has not been confirmed, but the FIA and the teams have, alleged, have agreed apparently to a compromise that they can change the clutch, but have to show the FIA the replacement with the new shims before the weekend. And the compromise is only valid for this year. Uh, also, they said they said the clutches were built without this sort of thing in mind. If they I think one of one of the I think it was the an Aston Martin member said that if they'd known that the race weekend was going to be like that, they would have built different clutches. <laughs> so that's yeah, an interesting I, I, I can one. see that one actually, no. I thought you were gonna go on about um Aston Martin's title sponsor. Or no, BWC they're not a the title sponsor. They want Aston Martin to go back to pink. Colours. I have to say, I, I quite like that. the British racing green. Yeah, I think everybody does. But anyway, that's what I, I, when I said, oh God, I thought, I thought you were going to say it. For some reason, I was like, oh, he's going to like the pink. But anyways, no, you were saying um, 
Yeah, so McLaren, Aston Martin, and who else? Uh, Alpine. Alpine. Yeah. I feel like we could be on for another US Grand Prix 2005 with only six cars. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be. I mean, I don't that think it'll ever come to fruition. But yeah, There's no, also another, another. We'll wrap up with just this other piece of news, which we won't go too much into it, but it points possibly towards the future of Formula One. The teams this week are meeting to discuss the 2025 engine regulations. Of course, we've got a part of freeze on the power unit regulations after the end of this season. Mm-hmm. And they're meeting this week to decide what the rules and what F1 will look like from 2025. It's not just the current 10 teams that are being involved with that meeting. As bosses from Porsche and Audi will also be joining that meeting as well, which could be very exciting for Formula One. It could. I mean, I wonder if they're going to, in that meeting, they might be bringing in new engine manufacturers. I think that's what they want, because right now we have three. um, Soon to be be two as well. Well, yeah. Well, no, because you've Red Bull will make their own engines. That's true, yes. So it'll be like Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, Renault. Um, nobody uses Renault apart from Alpine. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because McLaren ran away and so did Red Bull. Um, so, and so did Cyril Abitbo, so it's not like you're going to see an emotional Cyril Abitbo on uh, Drive to Survive. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I don't know what was saying. But yeah, so it's, a, it's an interesting and yeah. possibly more manufacturers joining F1, which would be a good You'd, thing to see. They might, I was thinking, they might, oh, they might decide, that might be where they decide, okay, we're going to switch to hydrogen or whatever. Um, they can't really switch to electric because Formula E have the rights to that for the mm. next 10 years or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, they might, that, they might decide in a direction in that respect. I think that certainly is going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see what the results of that meeting are and in what direction Formula One chooses to take very quickly just before we wrap up and bid you farewell, so long farewell, as Vider saying adieu for the Austrian Grand Prix. What is our predictions for this weekend? Who is your money on for the win? Um, honestly, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Hamilton, um, because I feel like he's not gonna go. I feel, I feel like he'll he'll pull it out of the bag, but it's just a gut feeling. Um, I don't know why. I was just looking at the results from last race as I, as I made my decision to try and pick a name out of the hat, basically, and my eyes went to Nikita Mazepin. And I was about to say that. That is a very bold prediction. Well, yeah, no, but also what I wanted to say is Gunter Steiner and Haas has an infinite sense of humour. They gave him they gave a, him spinning, a spinning, top. spinning top. I saw that. It was brilliant. And Gunter Steiner said, look, it's a Mazda spin. Now there's two. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. That but anyways. Was brilliant. Yeah, I think um, Hamilton will... Uh, I think Hamilton will make a comeback. I 
have to disagree, and I think my money is on either Verstappen or Perez. I think, no, I not think, Mazepin. Not Mazepin, shockingly, no. No, it's uh, Mazepin. Mick Schumacher? Mick Nicholas Latifi. Mm, I think George maybe. Russell might get points. <laughs> I saw um, race predictions. Um, I saw somebody else predict a Norris win for the Mysterian um, Grand Prix. And I was like, yeah, that's a bit It is not beyond the realms of possibility, I think. I feel like the only race he's going to win is the kind of Monza situation we had last year where Gasly won. Yes, not if there's a mental race, it's, I don't think it's beyond the no. realms of possibility that we'll see Alonso Norris to... win. Of course, it is forecast to rain this weekend, as it was oh, last weekend when we rain. didn't see any rain. Well, actually, we so, did. Three drops. We did. We saw it, we saw it rain. A lap and a half after the race had finished, uh, so yeah, maybe it will rain, maybe it won't. Thank you very much for listening to us. We hope you have enjoyed our company on this podcast, and we hope you will enjoy the race. Goodbye. <laughs>